Hey there, everybody. This is Stu Bennett, the star of I Am Vengeance Retaliation, just come out now, and you are listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Joining me today all the way from L.A. is a big guy with a big voice, actor, former pro wrestler. His film, I Am Vengeance Retaliation, is streaming right now in the U.S. and will be streaming in the U.K. starting July 13th, 2020. Stu Bennett. Stu, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Driving Podcast today. Thank you very much, Jeff. What a pleasure it is to be on. <laughs> it's great to have you. I, I just spoke uh, recently with uh, Ross Boyask. I had some very kind things to say about you. So so now we're going to see if, if all that is true. <laughs> <laughs> he never says anything nice to my face. I will say that. <laughs> well, um, but let's start off with how are you doing uh, with uh, this whole pandemic going on? Uh, and hopefully we're through the worst of it. But how are you holding up? Yeah, I mean, I'm fine. I can't complain. I know a lot of people around the world have got it a lot worse than me. The stuff I do for a living in the entertainment world, be acting or hosting or professional wrestling commentary has completely shut down. So I've been um, kind of sitting on my hands really for the past six months. Um, but it looks like things are starting to slowly open up. I have my health. My family has their health. Um, so as long as that continues, I've got nothing to complain about. So uh, fingers crossed we all get through this sooner rather than later. Yeah, good. That sounds good. Now, uh, congratulations, by the way, on I Am Vengeance Retaliation. Uh, I've Thank been able you. to catch that already. Uh, how are you adjusting to carrying a film on your back as opposed to a... 250 pound wrestler oh man it feels easier 250 pound wrestlers with the light ones i had some <laughs> on my back who were 450 pounds and i'm not even joking about that and i genuinely almost broke my spine picking wow. one guy up so uh carrying a movie on the back seems a lot easier than that to be honest with you and uh hopefully i'll be able to walk upright for a lot longer as a result of that but um I, to be honest with you it was a Obviously, a change of pace for me coming from the professional wrestling world, which I was in for about 15 years, and I got yeah. to a, a pretty high level in that. Um, it's really just a different kind of pressure. And I've always I've always known that being involved in the inter entertainment world in whatever I'm doing, um, I've always wanted that pressure because when you have the pressure on you, it's a sign of obvious success. Um, and to be honest with you, I kind of have an inverse relationship with pressure where I feel more pressure when I'm not in the spotlight and I'm not in these big roles and I'm in a position in a wrestling show or a film or something like that, that I, I want to be higher than. So um, I, yeah, I, yeah, the pressure for me is a good sign. Right, well, speaking about that, you had a, a distinguished career in wrestling for a long time. Was there always a, uh, a, a goal to parlay that into a career on screen or were you planning on staying in wrestling for quite a bit? No, I'd say my first love was always professional wrestling. I grew up being a huge wrestling fan. I love films too. I love Arnie and Schwarzenegger and Stallone and all those guys. And I grew up on those kind of 80s and 90s action movies. But in terms of that being a career goal, uh, not really at any point until later into my professional wrestling career. And for people listening here, I know you've got a lot of film fans who, who listen to your podcast here. I know um, perhaps they're not as familiar with professional wrestling as, as some. So just to explain it to those people, there's a big difference in professional wrestling 
in comparison to things like boxing and MMA and baseball and, and all these other legit sports. In professional wrestling, it is an art form. It's not an actual sport for those who, who aren't aware. It's a lot of character. It's portraying emotions and, and reading speeches and playing roles. So there's a lot of crossover from the professional wrestling world when it comes to acting and performing. So that's what I've always loved doing. And really my success in, in professional wrestling was always centered around my ability to speak and perform and, and, and play characters more so than the actual in-ring wrestling stuff itself. So uh, moving into the film world was probably a, quite a natural fit for me. Um, it was something that came later on in my pro wrestling career. I started getting some opportunities in the film world, which I grabbed and I found I really enjoyed them. And I realized that I was getting older and I wasn't going to be able to do professional wrestling forever. And um, this was a kind of a perfect transition spot for me to go from one thing into something else and, and continue performing and doing action films and throwing myself around and getting beat up and playing <laughs> characters. And uh, it's just it's just a new world, to be honest with you. So yeah. a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. Well, you certainly look like you're enjoying it. Um, the Vengeance uh, Films is the second one now. Uh, how did you get involved with that in the first place? Ross has his uh, version of how it happened. So let me let me hear your side of it. We probably tally quite close close together now. I think we've we've probably told this story about 20 times each at this point. But what, what basically happened was I was in WWE where I was wrestling and they had a film studio of their own called WWE Studios. And they decided to put me in one of their movies. It was a movie called Eliminators. Um, starring me and Scott Adkins. So we filmed it over in the UK in, I think, 2015. Um, director was James Nunn. I really enjoyed that experience. That was my first lead role. I was a lead villain in that particular movie. Um, but as we were getting close to the wrap on that particular movie, um, we were meeting in a parking lot to to get together and getting cars to go over to set. And as I was waiting in the parking lot to get picked up, it just so happens that Evolutionary Films um, and Ross Boyask, who, who make the Vengeance franchise, uh, their offices were just down the road. And he heard I was there. He was a wrestling fan and he had this idea for this script, Vengeance. And he, he came running down the street to me and, and handed me this script, introduced himself and told me, I've got this great idea. You'd be perfect for it. I want it to be a franchise. We're thinking of filming it next year. We're looking for a guy like you who, who's kind of transitioning from, from one discipline to another. And, and we think you'd be great. And then two minutes later, he was gone and I was off the set. And I had the script with me. A couple of weeks later, I was back in the US and I, I read the script and I thought it was outstanding. Um, so I ended up having a a conversation with John Adams, who is the the head of Evolution Films, and, and Ross. We had a Skype call, and they pitched the idea to me, the concept, and and told me, "Hey, if this goes well, we think it will become a franchise." Which obviously, I was like, "Yeah," as if that's <laughs> that's actually going to happen. But thankfully, it came true, and they've uh, they've always been one hundred percent legit, incredible with me, and and that's how it started. It was really just a a chance meeting in a parking lot. That's great, uh, and he did mention uh, that uh, you are larger than life in real life <laughs> especially compared to him he said <laughs> that's true well the funny thing is in the professional wrestling world once i got to wwe i no longer felt like a big human being because there's, there's literal giants in that world who are <laughs> right. seven and a half when i when i say giants i mean seven and a half feet tall 500 pound guys who i'd wrestle with and i'm six foot six i'm 250 pounds in normal life i'm a very big guy when i walk down the street people look at me and notice why wow, that guy's that guy's huge I felt like a baby in the ring with some of the guys <laughs> I'd be in the ring with, like Big Show and the great Carly and Mark Henry. Uh, they would throw me around the ring like I was a rag doll and I was nothing there. And sometimes they'd jump up in the air and, and do a big belly flop on me too, which I always hurt. So uh, 
I'm a big guy in the film world. In the rest of the world, I'm kind of medium sized, if you can believe that. <laughs> well, uh, John Gold, uh, that's your your character now. Uh, a great character. And listen, you do a great job with him. Um, it's fun to watch you. You have some great charisma on screen. Um, now, with uh, with that role, he's this big, gruff badass. He does a lot of wrong things for a lot of the right reasons. Um, do you enjoy that persona? What did you find in that character that that uh, ticked for you and you were like yeah this is gonna this is gonna be a good role for me yeah well the interesting thing when people ask me was i nervous taking the role it's obviously a big spot in a film and it's a big transition for me to to take that kind of role in a movie given my background um i i really wasn't nervous at all about the the pressure or anything like that the only thing that concerned me was that i'd spent an entire professional wrestling career of over 13 or 14 years i think i wrestled for entirely being the bad guy that's all i ever did it's kind of easy when you're the englishman in the united states to play the bad guy they naturally want to boo you anyway and uh so that was a natural fit for me i always loved getting the boos and annoying people and firing the crowd up and, and eventually losing which is what bad guys always do so the only concern for me when it came to vengeance was that okay we want you in this film but we want you to play the hero you're going to be the good guy the the guy who kind of smiles and kisses the babies and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so that was that was a concern for me. But then I went through the script and read it, and I realized John Gold really is a bad guy who's just doing good things. Um, he's a very kind of – he's had a very dark background. He's killed a lot of people. He's done some nasty things. That is just the nature of his background, being an ex-Special Forces guy. And um, certainly in the first movie, which came out in 2018, he's very much Terminator-like. Um, he's, he's a one-man – ass kicking machine basically so i realized that even though this guy is the good guy he's basically a bad guy who's just so happens to have a good heart hidden beneath all these layers so that was a, a good transition for me as a bad guy into the world of being a good guy it was a lot easier than than being the the nice smiley happy waving kind of guy which i don't think i would have wanted to play and i don't think i could have pulled off if i tried and the cool thing was the the first film as i say in, in 2018 when that came out he's a very dark character in this most recent film, I Am Vengeance Retaliation, um, he ends up kind of peeling back the layers a little bit and he comes a bit more humanized. And it's been a nice process for me to bring out the more human aspects of the character and become more of a nice guy and more of a guy with a bit of humor here and there. And uh, I'm very fortunate this early in my acting career that I've managed to get involved with a franchise like I Am Vengeance because it's given me great opportunities to grow and develop as an actor and, and go on this giant, character arc that we've gone on so far that perhaps i wouldn't have got if it had just been a single movie yeah now aside from the acting uh which is its own challenge uh lots of hand-to-hand -hand combat in this um and i'm i'm sure screen fighting and ring fighting are completely different worlds but uh, what kind of training did you have to go into uh to get ready for this role because there's a lot of gunplay there's uh there's martial artists all around you you had a great fight choreographer with tim mann for for this most recent film so what did you have to go through to get ready? Or did you have to go through anything at all? Um, so this was obviously my fifth film at this point. Um, so the, the first one where that I really did hand-to-hand -hand combat on screen was Eliminators with Scott Adkins. And coincidentally, Tim Mann was the fight choreographer on that particular film too. So I'd, I'd done quite a bit before with those guys. Um, I learned very quickly when I did Eliminators in 2015 that 
Pro wrestling and on-screen fighting are very, very different. In pro <laughs> wrestling, it's a lot looser. We are actually punching each other in pro wrestling and kicking. Everything's connecting because we have a 360-degree crowd around us. There's no way we can have gaps in punches or anything like that. We're not trying to kill each other in a pro wrestling ring. We are working together and trying to put up a, put on a show, but we're connecting. We're getting bruised. We're getting beat up, and sometimes things go wrong, but... When it came to, to film writing, I learned very quickly uh, in the rehearsals there not to punch Scott Adkins and, and make sure there was a gap. And uh, we had to shut the uh, we had to shut the, the the practice sessions down a couple of times. I got a pep talk. Yeah, you, you don't actually connect on punches in this kind of fight. So it's a lot more precise in the yeah. film world, and even your footwork has to be exact to the the perfect inch. If you, if you, your foot isn't exactly the right place when you throw a punch, then the kick that's coming in next from the other guy isn't going to look good. And um, another aspect too is in pro wrestling we're obviously live it's live tv and sure. we have a, a crowd of sometimes a hundred thousand people sat in the arena or the, the stadium watching us so um the adrenaline you get from doing that knowing that you th there's no room for mistakes if, if you make a mistake you keep going because we can't just shut it down and, and do a retake whereas the adrenaline you get in a film set sometimes you might throw the same punch 12 times until you get a perfect angle and everyone's happy with it so trying to maintain that level of adrenaline for a good fight scene is a lot more difficult than when it's just okay. We've got twenty minutes. Go out there and do it, and then and then you finish whatever happens. So yeah, definitely, definitely a, a learning curve. But at this point, I've done a significant amount in there, and I'm I'm feeling pretty confident with it. What was uh What was the most fun part of that kind of uh, work for you? Was it Was it more the acting, or was it the action? I like a bit of both, to be honest with you. I know it's a, I know it's a cop out. Um, I love doing the acting stuff and, and getting involved in scenes where there's a bit of tension or a bit of drama, and I'm able to pull out a bit of emotion because that's that's all brand new stuff for me. Um, the fight stuff, though, is a great way of burning off excess energy. I'll always have that in me. I'm, I'm a very active guy. I always have been. Love working out, love jumping around. So it's nice to have, you know, maybe two or three days of the acting and the drama and then one day of just fight scenes and burn off all that energy. And then um, for the next three or four days, we'll do some drama and acting again and let all the bruises heal up and uh, then get back to another fight scene. So, yeah, I, li I like the variety. Yeah, uh, you, speaking of variety, you had a, uh, a great cast around you too. Vinnie Jones, who uh, for a while defined badass in, in Britain. <laughs> um, Indeed. Yeah, uh, and Jen Quaid, played by Katrina Durden. Awesome. Uh, Phoebe Robinson-Galvin as well. What was the energy like with that kind of cast? Because you had a lot of people to draw from in terms of skill and uh, and acting credentials. So what was the uh, what was the camaraderie like? Yeah, Vinny was awesome, first of all. It was great to have him on set because, number one, I knew we'd get a great bad guy performance from him. And when I'm when I'm the good guy and I'm 6'6 and I'm 250 pounds, it's sometimes hard to get a bad guy who is credible enough to put me in jeopardy. And I knew with a guy like Vinny, Vinny's pretty tall himself, but he's just such a mean, angry performer yeah, yeah. that, wow, this is exactly what we need to put me in jeopardy to make it look like I'm the, the mouse and the bad guy is the cat. Um, we, that's what we need. And it... it, it I was very relieved when we got him because I knew he was going to kill that performance, and he does. Um, on top of that, I also knew that his name value was massive and, and having Vinnie Jones attached to the film in both the UK and the US and, and plenty of markets. He's such a big name in that world. Uh, but he's also really experienced too, which was a big benefit to everyone on set. The actors, I, I leaned on him a lot. I, I learned a lot from his the way he would prepare for each scene and tweak things. And um, he had advice for the director, the, Ross Boyas, the writer. Um, he had advice for the camera guys too. He's done so much and worked with so many good people that just having him there was an extra bonus that I didn't initially consider. Um, and then you had uh, Katrina Durden, who plays Jen Quaid. That's the first time in my entire 
professional wrestling career, career or acting career that I've actually had a fight scene with a female. So I was very nervous going into that. I didn't know how that was going to go. She's a lot smaller than me, obviously. And I thought this might look a little weird. I also don't want to hurt her. But to tell you the truth, she, she's so good and she's so tough that she actually kicked my ass. And, and we had an amazing fight scene in there. And yeah. I now feel stupid for worrying about it. And in, in all honesty, I should have been worried for my own health. Um, and then we had, as you mentioned, Phoebe Robinson-Galvin too. She's a fantastic screen fighter. She's got a lot of experience in MMA and jiu-jitsu and all this stuff. And um, I, I really like, in the film, Ross Boyas, the director, had this almost a mission to utilize women in, in kind of an empowered role like the, yeah. the Ronda Rousey type of women rather than the the damsel in distress or anything like that and I think if you you watch the film and see how Katrina Durden and Phoebe Robinson Galvin are portrayed and how they perform in the film you, you realize they're a pair of ass kickers and, and what a huge asset they were to the film too so great camaraderie real good bunch even the the guys who weren't doing the screen fighting like the Sam Benjamin and Mark Griffin uh, just a bunch of guys that it was a pleasure to be on set with every day. And um, when you have an intense four-week shoot like we did, to be turning up every day and just immediately having a laugh with people and looking forward to just sitting in the, the canteen with them and, and having food at the lunch times and stuff, it was, it was just every day was sort of a delight, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, lots of martial artists there. Uh, were you ever tempted to, uh, to mix it up with the martial arts? Because uh, you brought that grounded fighting style, that, you know, gruff uh, – heavy-handed fighting style to things. Uh, and then, like you said, Katrina Durden throwing those kicks around your head and I know Jean-Paul Lee and Law Plancel there too, all martial artists. Was it ever tempting to uh, to try your hand at that? Yeah, I think I think it's a case of sticking to your strengths. I know what my <laughs> strengths are. My strengths are obviously grappling. I'm very good at that. I'm a, a world-class level in terms of that. I'm also a kind of street fighter and I want to use my size because I'm, I'm the biggest guy on the film and I'd be foolish to try some of the beautiful kicks that Katrina Durden does and Jean-Paul Lai they can do that stuff way better than me so if I even try to replicate that I'm going to look like an idiot so I know my, my strength when I'm in there with a Katrina Durden she's going to run up walls jump up 10 feet in the air spin over kick me in the jaw before I've even blinked okay so my deal is I've got to grab her throw her around throw her up in the air throw her over my head I've got to use my power and my strength. And um, I think one of the cool things working with Tim Mann um, in this film, I think he realized and, and the cast realized that I think we have 16 different fights in this film spread oh, yeah. through the, the 90 minutes. That's a lot of fights. And that can get very repetitive if we're all trying to do the same thing. So the cool thing was, if you look at each fight, we've tried to work to the strengths of each individual um, and tried to make each one different. And um, there's a great fight scene where the two ladies pair up at one point and, and take on another guy. and They look fantastic together. And they do things that I would never dream of doing and that would never want to try doing. And again, I do things that they don't. So it, it helps keep the variety and it helps tell a story within the fights themselves of, okay, this fight strength is one thing and this fight strength is another. Kind of if you go back to the original days of the UFC, where you'd have like a sumo wrestler taking on a little karate guy and the next fight would be a boxer against a professional wrestler. It's kind of a bit like that where we have this almost Street Fighter 2-esque thing where people are turning up and bringing their own unique talents and strengths. So yeah, in terms of me being a kung fu guy or anything like that, I think those days might have passed. There's always little things I'll try and pick up, but there's just people out there who are always going to be a lot better than me at that. So I wouldn't want to try to match them at their own game. Yeah. Now, going forward, though, uh, are there other skills that you might want to pick up to try to broaden your uh, your ability for uh, roles going forward? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, anything that I can I can improve on, I will certainly love to do that. I mean, when I first started professional wrestling, I, I got involved in a jiu-jitsu school for a while. And that's something I've not really done too much of since. But bringing back some of that would be a lot of fun. I remember when I, I did a fight scene with Scott Adkins in Eliminators, and he's obviously great at the high-flying kicks yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. Uh, but we did, a, we did a spot in there where I've, I've got him pinned to the ground, and he kind of puts on a triangle chokehold for me, but I managed to get out of that by using some pro wrestling stuff where I pick him up in the air, a bit like the old UFC thing that uh, I think Matt Hughes, if you used to watch UFC, he was known for yeah. picking guys up and power bombing them. So we had that idea and anything that I could bring in like that, I think is pretty cool. And um, I think I have such a unique background when it comes to on-screen fighting that I always want to try and do things that only I would do as much yeah. as I can. So if it's a professional wrestling type move that makes sense, because a lot of professional wrestling does not make sense at all, and we know that in the <laughs> pro wrestling world. Right. So I wouldn't try and bring a clothesline in or shoot someone off the ropes or something like that in the, the on-screen world. But if there's stuff I can bring in, like there's the suplexes and things that are legitimate, then I'll always try and bring that in. So people say, oh, this is the kind of thing that this guy does versus is what a Scott Adkins would do or a Gary Daniels or a Katrina Durden and they have their own unique style so anything new I can bring in is, is always a good idea I think. well what kind of stuff are you looking to do moving forward then do you want to stay in the action genre do you want to broaden uh, your horizons a bit because you do have some great comedic chops in uh, retaliation there's some looks to the camera there's some one-liners that you deliver which you deliver really well so what kind of stuff are you looking forward to doing more of or or, or branching off and doing differently Thank you. I'm an open book, to be honest with you, when it comes to acting. I, I can't exactly pick and choose my spots as well as a, a, a guy like The Rock or, or Batista who have also come from my background. They've had tremendous success and they're brilliant at what they do. And I think that at this point in time, they can kind of say, well, no, I want to do this kind of film next. So I'm an open book. If you know, I, I take every offer that comes in and review it on its merits and think, can I actually deliver here? So I'm, I'm open-minded. I do realize that at six foot six and 250 pounds with muscles and tattoos and a broken nose, there is a limit to what I'm going to be able to do. Um, and there's certain roles that are going to be close to me. Um, but if people think that, that they can fit me into different things outside of the action genre, it's certainly something I'd look at. I like doing little comedy moments and things like that. And in the professional wrestling world, you, you end up developing um, personalities in, in different areas, being aggressive, being moody, being angry, being comedic, being the clown sometimes. So I have experience of, of kind of using different aspects of my personality and, and incorporating them into characters. So uh, we'll, we'll just see what comes up. And hopefully at some point, this this world of entertainment does open up again because we've all been pretty, pretty quiet for the last few months, I suppose. Well, let's do some wishful thinking and try to wish it into existence. But if John Gold meets John Wick in the streets of New York. Who walks away with the dog? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, so John Gold, let me be clear on this. John Gold would absolutely batter John Wick. There is no <laughs> doubt in my mind that if, if those two met, it would be an easy win for John Gold because he's, he's as badass as they come. And um, if Keanu Reeves has a problem with that, he has an open invite to turn up on the set of I Am Vengeance 3 when we make that, and I will happily put him in his place. But when it comes to the dog, I've got to tell you, I am a cat man, so I will batter John Wick, and then I will leave the dog with him. He can keep the dog. Don't want the dog. A cat, maybe I'd, I'd have taken that. I'm more of a feline guy, but uh, dogs, not so much. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Keanu Reeves, that the uh, the challenge is extended. The gauntlet has been thrown down. So, come on out too. <laughs> I'm easy to find, Keanu. Very easy to find. Come and see me on set. That's awesome. <laughs> so, what's next for you then? Uh, do we see more John Gold? Is there is there a three in the works? 
Yeah, I mean, I know that um, the, when the first one came out in 2018, um, it was really well supported um, in terms of the budget. It's indie film, but in terms of the budget, we the, com- the film made money. It did very well, and, and because it was supported so well, and we, we built this fan base, and, and people around the world seemed to enjoy it. The markets seemed to enjoy what they saw. Um, very quickly after that film came out, we got commissioned, and we got a budget for this one that's uh, just come out now, Iron Vengeance Retaliation. So... This one has a bigger budget. It's going to need a bit more in sales to, to recoup that and make profit again. And fingers crossed it gets supported as well as the first one did, because if this one does well, then I'm pretty sure it's a, a very easy sell to the investors to get the funding and the budget for the next one and, and start putting things into place to, to get that out there. Speaking to Ross Boyas, the, the writer and the director of the first two, he already has two scripts written for the next one. Um, so he has two pitches, depending on which direction people the investors would would like to go on that and the producers um so it's ready to go um and hopefully like i say this one gets supported and and we can take it in a a new direction again and build on john gold and the story and and see where we can go with it maybe take it to uh, we'll take it to a different location i think i'd love to go to some nice desert island with the cocktail bars and all that (laughs) stuff of course (laughs) yeah that that might be a hard sell for the producers i don't know if they'll go out we we might be back in london again (laughs) that's up to them but i'm always pushing for that kind of thing i I don't blame you (laughs) but uh, (laughs) if we move away from john gold for a second uh action films are are are, are finding their place in hollywood the john wick films uh Atomic Blonde, things like that. Um, of course, the the comic book films. Uh, have you uh, have you looked at comic book characters that you might want to play? Uh, if if uh, if your name got thrown into the hat there. Part of the problem is I don't have a great U.S. accent, so I've been working on that. I'm trying to get that a little better, so I'm almost limited in, in terms of the characters I can play. Maybe a Captain Britain. I don't think they've ever made a Captain Britain film. I'm not a comic book guy myself, but I know there is a Captain Britain, and yeah. there's never been a Captain Britain film. I feel like he probably would be a drunk in the pub, though, who's like <laughs> a... Uh, he's kind of, do you remember the, the film Mystery Men? It came out yes. like 15 yes. years ago, and they were all like really crap superheroes and none of their magic powers actually work i feel like captain britain would be in that realm so maybe something like that there was another guy in the uk that i used to like as a kid he was called banana man um and it was just a cartoon but he basically i don't think it ever made it to the us but he was it was about this kid who would anytime he'd eat a banana he would turn into banana man and fly around the world and and solve crime so i also feel like i pull off banana man pretty well so captain britain (laughs) captain britain or banana man if there's any film producers out there that want to back something like that i am your man you know i I will make suggestion though because it it was a british comic but uh and there were some american films made but Judge Dredd with a British judge. Oh, I think you okay. would make a fantastic judge. I, I can ride a motorcycle too, so I'm, I'm 50% oh, of the go. way there. there you know, you it's, uh, I like that. That's a good idea. I remember <laughs> Stallone did that a little while ago. Right? I don't Stallone think he did, did too it. well, if I remember. Yeah, Stallone did it, uh, I think, in the late 80s, and then there was um, there was a, um, a recent remake. But um, like I said, it's a British comic. Uh, I think you would make a great British judge, so... Keep that I have the law. Is that right? <laughs> there you go. I've already got my lines down. <laughs> Take that as my audition. <laughs> All right, so uh, where can uh, where can my fans go to follow you and uh, and your future adventures? Uh, and hopefully, John Gold Three is uh, in in that. Yeah, so I'm a bit limited with social media and technology in general. I have Twitter. I'm at Stu Bennett on Twitter. And I have Instagram. I'm at Stu Bennett official on there. And uh, if you go to those two sites, all the links to the film and trailers and pictures from the set and all that kind of stuff are up there. So go check that out. Please 
Go out and support I Am Vengeance Retaliation. I will make the point that if you haven't seen the first one, it's not a big issue because um, it is a standalone film, even though it is a sequel. It's completely designed to stand alone. If you're in the United States of America, you can actually watch the first film, I Am Vengeance, on Netflix. It's streamed for free on that. But this one is, is available on uh, the new one, I Am Vengeance Retaliation, is available on video on demand on all major platforms. Um, it's already out in the US, coming out in the UK on July 13th. So please check it out. Uh, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram and let me know what you think. And fingers crossed it does well. And we'll be back doing it again in a, a year or so. That'd be fantastic. And again, all the producers and directors out there, Judge Dredd, Judge Dredd. <laughs> Or Banana Man or Captain Britain. Those or are my Banana three pitches, Man, right? yeah, sure. I have to look that up now. But Stu, thank you so much for taking some time out to talk. It was great talking with you. Um, hopefully we're on the other side of this whole pandemic sooner rather than later and you're back out there mixing it up. But uh, best of luck with everything going on and uh, hope to see more of your work really soon. Jeff, thank you very much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Good luck with the podcast and let me know when it's out and I'll make sure I, I fire it out to all my followers and all that stuff too. So thank you for having me on. <laughs> Big thanks to the big man, Stu Bennett, for hopping on the show to talk with me. What a cool dude. I wish him the very best of luck in all his future endeavors. I Am Vengeance Retaliation is available right now on all the major streaming platforms here in the U.S. and will be available to the U.K. fans starting July 13th, 2020. So check it out for a straight-up shot of adrenaline with a badass chaser. And give Stu a follow on all his socials. He's active on Twitter and Instagram, so check the show notes for those links. Let him know that you heard him right here on the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Also, if you want to see Stu as Captain Britain, Banana Man, or as one of the British judges in Judge Dredd, start hashtagging those things so producers in Hollywood can see it, and I for one hope to see much more of Stu's work in the future. In the meantime, give me a follow on all my socials as well, and check out the new Kung Fu Drive-In Patreon for some Patreon-exclusive content, and until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Some action, drink a little wine, we get drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time we swap, we smash the place up with a dragon claws. We walk into the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we get drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's warm, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. I see the iron fist debunked from the daily prayers. Shouting monks on their hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee Khan, now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless Aida roaming over the land. Yeah, the little big soldier is older than wiser. He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to graze jars. Fight for the cars, then pass here the blast. Not again, back kicks will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but more. Don't hit back Yeah, the death jewels here David D is coming back The Tai Chi master Jet Li's even faster The channel little drink Because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see Maggie show his spiner Golden Swallow has arrived Chan Chi movies Will the hero is survive We've got the brave archer Make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick a spot Yeah, the sky goes black Cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying To kill them all So stand back He plays the black magic On the soul of the sword and our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin in the mountain style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. 
This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We walk into the tea house Ready for some action Drink a little wine We get a drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See it's a game of death, yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun Assassin slashing blood of just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow, but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor when the blood It'll splatter against the wall, no fear at all To kill them all, there's always blood spilled When you head into a war, fearless Unleash the fist of legend that the call Jet Li I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting